0: welcome into the atlanta football party i'm jarvis davis coming up on today's show the falcons defense played exactly how they needed to
1: this is locked on sports atlanta and it's time for the atlanta football party only on locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome into the Atlanta Football Party, your home for the best Falcons football talk. It's local insight you can't get anywhere else, but right here at Locked On. I'm Tanitra Batiste, alongside me are Jarvis Davis, Aaron Freeman, and Tori McElhaney. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The Atlanta Football Party is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Guys, Falcons were looking to stack wins post buy, and after a grimy thirteen to eight win at the Jets Sunday, feels like they might be on their way. We'll deep dive on the dub, incompetent or concerned, and go around the metro. But first, let's talk top three takeaways. Jarvis, your takeaway was Bud Dupree has entered the chat.
0: Absolutely, yes. I I I said this during the game. Maybe tweeted out during the game. I was saying like he's been really strong against the run throughout the year, but I mean, to be honest, let's keep it funky, he was brought in here to rush the passer, and I think that for him to be able to put the quarterback on the ground, and and just really understand like, the type of game that it was, because we understand that the defense was needed, they needed to play to play that way yesterday, and they needed to, in order to get a win, so I think Bud Dupree kind of goes in line with stepping that play up, and then bringing both uh assets of his game to the table with uh, against the run, and be able to rush the passer, I think that we saw this defense is starting to really get into a nice groove. Ryan Nielsen got these guys playing some really good football. And I think that I'm going to be the person, if, I have to, if I'm the only one, I'm going to have to stand up and say, hey, man, Ryan Nielsen was a good hire. This dude is doing a, a, a hell of a job. He's coaching this defense up, after, especially after a, a, a few games where we're just like, okay, what is going on here? So, yeah, got to give a shout out to the defense and, and what they're doing.
1: And you know, I have no commentary on Bud Dupree, so I'm gonna move right along to Aaron. Aaron, your takeaway. The Falcons wow. have now scored I'm on an today. explosive play. <laughs> yep, sure are. And I'm gonna keep you pushing because I'm not gonna be petty. Aaron, <laughs> the Falcons have now scored on an explosive play, three out of four games. And you said that's kind of nice.
2: Yeah, it's when when we look at this team down the stretch, right? We're we're hoping that this team, you know not only just wins this terrible division that is the yeah. NFC South, but actually like by the end of the year, we're like, hey, you know, they're actually as good as some of these other playoff teams. They're not just there by default. And I think one of the things that you want to see this team develop is a more explosive passing game. And one of the things that was pretty crazy in the first part of this year was they didn't have any explosive play touchdowns. Like all their scores came where they had to have be like sort of methodical and get into the red zone and then score there. And then you saw the John o. Smith screen pass against the Vikings. You saw the B. John Robinson uh touchdown catch last week um against who do we the Saints. <laughs> the Saints <was laughs> right. out of sight, out of mind. They were that forgettable, right? Yeah. Uh Michael Pruitt catching the 20 yard touchdown um this past weekend and so like these are just different elements that this falcons is adding to their offensive repertoire and you know we we talk about the quarterback play and the offensive line play and the running game and i think if and when the falcons get to that level where we can say hey this team actually deserved to make the playoffs this year and they're not just in with a big fat asterisk next to their name because they played in a terrible division it's going to be because i think they can do a lot of the different things that other Good teams do, and one of those things is is being able to d- dial up explosive plays that can result into points. And so, I think this is something that we've seen the last couple of games, and hopefully, we'll continue to see it over the you know next five games uh, down the stretch. And I think that will be a a really good litmus test to sort of tell us, okay, maybe maybe this Falcons team is you know legit and and not just uh, you know sort of moonwalking into the playoffs because they play in a terrible division.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I think too, like you said, you got to be ready when your number is called. And one thing about my code, prove it. I mean, 85 just stays ready. Like he stays ready. That was his only catch of the game, but that was all it took. One catch, 20 yards, you score, the Falcons win, point blank period. It doesn't matter how it looks. Although Tori, it definitely looks ugly, but That said, and we kind of knew going into the game that it might have been a mucky type of game up in MetLife, but it was everything that you thought it was going to be. But then again, you said kind of nothing like you thought it would be.
3: Right. Yeah. So it was everything that I thought it would be in the in terms of the fact that the weather was so awful. Like it was so gross. Having been there, it was I mean, it never stopped raining. And that turf is what it is like. You you just truly it was one of those games that you just knew going into that it was going to be a slosh. And it was going to be whoever was going to out physical. The other team was going to be the one that won. What was interesting in that is that even though this game was kind of everything you thought it would be in terms of low scoring, in, in terms of like not offenses, not being able to do much the Falcons offense didn't necessarily play the way that I thought that they were going to play. I thought going in that this was a game that their run game would really be able to take over and establish, especially coming off a 200 plus rushing yard game against the saints who has such a dynamic defensive front. So I was sitting there going into this game being like, okay, yeah, it's going to be a slosh. It's going to, but the Falcons, you know, with, what they just did with Bajan and Tyler Algier and CP, they're gonna run the ball down the Jets throats, even though this Jets defense isn't anything to you know, that this is this Jets defense is is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I still felt confident in the Falcons run game. So the fact that it wasn't necessarily the run game because that that pushed this Falcons to a victory, it was absolutely the play of I think the defense and you know just doing a little bit more. Like they, and I, I think at, at the Falcons just did a little bit more. It wasn't like they were, I don't know, just like over.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Like, and, and so I think for me, I was just expecting more out of this run game. And yeah. I was kind of surprised that it didn't happen, that the game didn't happen that way, and that the Jets did such a good job making the Falcons beat them with Desmond Ritter throwing the ball downfield.
1: Yeah, I think it was more of, from the defensive side of the ball, it was more of, well, the weather conditions were what they were, but those three takeaways were critical because they were sort of like the margins of error that you just couldn't make in that type of sloshy game. So you have three takeaways. Of course, the the king himself, the master himself, Michael Jordan himself, Jesse based the third did his thing, so of course <laughs> that helped. You know, my uh, my my BFF Arnold Eva did his thing at a, on a critical third down, so that was important as well. So there were all those kind of uh, points, if you will, uh, fumbles as well, where at critical moments maybe you didn't have like this full on performance for sixty minutes, but you got what you needed at those critical points. And I think going back to the run game, like you, Tori, I was a little bit surprised because I'm thinking. Ha! 31st run defense in the the league like this should be a thing like this is man this is about to be a field day for the three-headed monster not so much and granted The first half, the second half actually still looked better than the first half because I think when when you kind of look at the stats, it was like 2.6 yards per carry for Bajan Robinson in that first half. And then the numbers looked more like five yards a carry in the second. So there there was definitely an uptick. But I think to your point, Tori, when you see well over north of 200 yards against the Saints, a better run defense, and then you see under 100 against the Jets. It it was a little puzzling. But as we always say, a win is a win is a win. And we're going to deep dive a little bit more into this game and talk a little bit more about maybe someone who got a few more targets, incompetent or concerned. We'll talk about it in a second. But but first, I want to tell you guys about BetterHelp. So if you think about the holiday season, right, the end of the year, it kind of brings some anxiety for some people because the holiday season may be one that reminds them of maybe a lost loved one, or there may be anxiety about going into a new year and whether or not you did all you came to do in 2023. No need to be anxious and no need to go through that alone. That's why you have a source and a resource like BetterHelp. So with BetterHelp, literally, it's the opportunity for you to talk to someone about how you're feeling and kind of deal with those issues and get tips and tools on your sadness or your anxiety or even learning how to counteract things you might experience down the road. It's therapy or coaching that can really kind of bring a bright spot or a different perspective in an area of challenge. So if you've ever benefited from therapy or coaching like many of us have, this would be for you because the other thing is this. If you're thinking about starting therapy, you can do it entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So, you find your bright spot this season with better Health. You Visit betterhelpcom on to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp h locked l p.com/lockedon. All right, guys, so let's take it a little bit deeper. We've been talking about some things that we're confident in, some things we're excited about, but maybe some things we're concerned about as well. So we take a look back on yesterday's game with Kyle Pitts. He was targeted early, targeted fairly often for Kyle Pitts. We're going to put that often in quotes. He got the first pass of the game, had eight targets, four passes for 51 yards is where he landed, including a critical uh, pass down the stretch. So, Aaron, my question to you is this. Are you confident that maybe this is a good sign for what we'll see out of KP going forward and how he's targeted the rest of the season? Or are you concerned that the Falcons maybe still haven't figured out how to fully utilize eight?
2: I'm confident that we'll see Kyle Pitts continue to produce at this level. I think yesterday's game was going to be a, a, a really good one for the Pitts-Ritter rapport to sort of measure it um, because you you figured with the Jets cornerbacks that they would probably be pretty effective at keeping the Falcons outside receivers in check in this game. Uh, And so you needed somebody else to step up. And, you know, obviously Kyle Pitts and Bijan are like the two guys that you would think would be that and you know you would probably prefer it to be Pitts rather than Bijan because that's probably meaning you're checking the ball down a lot and you know that's a whole different thing. But I think you saw Ritter show a confidence in Kyle Pitts that you wanted to see in throwing some tight window balls. Uh you know he's like some of those times where it was just like kind of 50-50 balls where it's just like go box out that defender that down the down the field. And I think Pitts had like one or two drops on those situations. So he didn't always uh, back up that sort of confidence. But I think that's what you need to see because we see it all the time with Desmond Ritter and Drake London where it's just kind of just like Drake's down there somewhere. I'm going to throw it and usually he'll he'll go make the play. And you haven't really seen that sort of confidence and that rapport and that relationship with Ritter and Pitts at this point. And so I think yesterday's game was a good step forward for, for those two guys in that regard. So I, I feel more confident now that this is going to be something that we'll continue to see the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, and especially, Tori, when you think about the fact that that's the kind of game where you want to be safe, you want to be careful with your throws, but showing that kind of confidence in those conditions, yeah, that could do do a lot for you just as a player in terms of your mental. And not saying, Tori, that the coaching staff didn't have confidence, but it is the type of thing where you're saying, hey, I can trust you in touchy situations to be able to deliver.
3: Yeah, and I don't think that, and I want to say this as, as, like straightforward as I can, but I don't think we've seen a 100% Kyle Pitts yet. Um, I think this is a guy who, I know the norm almost to this extent is that a guy has a season ending injury, whether it be Achilles or knee or whatever, and they go and have surgery and they work and they rehab and they come back and they're fine and they don't miss a step. And and that's kind of become the measuring stick, but that's Mm -hmm. not always been the norm. There's a lot of times where you have a guy have an injury and he's a millisecond slower or doesn't have the same twitch or anything like that. And I think that there's and there's the mental part of it to be able to trust that you're healthy and that you actually physically are 100 Mm percent. And I think that that's something that may and I haven't like talked to Kyle to ask him this question exact question. I don't even know if he would answer it, but mm-hmm. I, I really do think that the, the Kyle Pitts that we saw in his rookie year, is it the same Kyle Pitts that we're seeing now? No. And and I think that is okay, but we have to see mm-hmm. the evolution of Kyle Pitts and the way that he's used and, and everything like that. And so I do think that yesterday was a really good opportunity to see that with the conditions being what they are or what they were. And also, I think you see a drive in Kyle Pitts in the last few games that I almost missed seeing at the beginning of the year when maybe he wasn't getting targeted because you mm-hmm. saw him get like frustrated with himself. He he had a draw. Right. He you saw him like get up, clap his hands. He was obviously frustrated. He knew he should have had it. Yeah. I like seeing that emotion from Kyle because Kyle's the type of person who I think he's he's trying to always like one up himself yes and 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 so I think this is really good to to see that from Kyle because I think it's gonna I I think it almost like shows us that there could be better for Kyle
1: as this season continues to go on and Jarvis, I just want to jump in real quick because only to co-sign on what Tory was saying that's why I was smiling so much because in the back of my head, that was exactly going to be my follow-up. That what I love most, maybe even more so than the four catches was the fire in yeah, the catch yeah. he didn't make, because that tells you so much about who he is as a competitor, Jarvis, so much.
0: No, I'm just going to yeah, for sure. And, and I think that to kind of better help usher in what Tori is talking about, because I wholeheartedly agree that it's Kyle, I mean, Kyle isn't fully healthy. I don't think he's fully hundred percent. and, and, I'm pretty sure he probably wouldn't answer that question. you will probably answer it, but you wouldn't get anything out of it, Tori. Uh, to so for me, though, I really feel like you can help usher this along by putting them in situations like I I brought up early in the season. Like, don't have them lined up on the outside. Like, I really feel like you're kind of just wasting away. And after looking at the tape, it, I really felt like I, at the end of it, I was just like, uh, I think we miss Matt Hollins a little bit because I don't like seeing... I don't like seeing uh, Kyle Pitts matched up with DJ Reed. I just, because he's he's obviously faster than him. Uh, obviously he's full 100%. And then like certain balls that the way Desmond Ritter was throwing to Kyle Pitts, he's leading him. I'm just like, you don't need to be doing that. Like he's a 6'6", 230 pound tight end. Put it on him, line him up in the slot so he can be matched up against a safety or a linebacker. Those are the type of situations that Kyle needs to be in as he continues to try to get healthy so I'm with you um Tory I, I think this can be I think this rapport between Ritter and Kyle can get a little bit better if he's put in situations where he can flourish and I don't think he can flourish lining up on the outside against a number two corner that could potentially be a number one corner on any other team in the NFL
1: And I think we're all in agreement that we're confident that it can only be better, but just a little bit concerned about making sure that Kyle Pitts is used in the right way so that we can see the potential that the four of us agree that he definitely has. Now, I kind of want to go into another area before we wrap up, just speaking of injuries, and hopefully this will be an optimistic conversation as the week goes on, but definitely in uh, following Tori. tory has been obviously uh, out with Arthur Smith at uh, today's press conference and just kind of wanted to talk through that, Tori, because we got an update from him um, on A.J. Terrell, of course, being in the concussion concussion protocol, excuse me, uh, Nate Lammon and Caleb McGarry both having knee, knee injuries, but quote, thankfully, it wasn't anything long term. But interestingly enough, he also referenced Jeff Okuda, Drew Dahlman and David Anyumada and said those players might possibly have injuries. Wednesday is where it's going to tell a lot of whether or not they have a real shot for that Bucks game this coming Sunday or if they're going to need a week. So, Tori, I know that's a lot, kind of six players, kind of different categories, but kind of wanted to walk through your reaction of hearing that news and that follow-up from yesterday's game.
3: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me, having been – in New York or New Jersey and and seeing kind of the conditions of the game, you knew, like, I mean, I just remember, I guess it was like Thursday or Friday, looking at the weather and seeing how bad it was going to be and knowing that there, I didn't think there was any way that the Falcons were going to come out of there unscathed and they didn't. Um, there's a lot of guys who are, who have some pretty significant injuries that I think you're not significant. They're not season ending injuries, but they're significant right. enough to where we could be talking about this into next week and mm-hmm. maybe even two weeks from now. So with a divisional opponent with Tampa Bay coming in on Sunday, mm-hmm. I, I'm really concerned that you're going to see. A lot of these starters not be out there. And it's yeah. gonna be the biggest test. If they aren't, if we get to Friday and we see a lot of these guys are doubtful or questionable or just completely ruled out, mm-hmm. I, I really and I really truly think that this is gonna be the biggest test of Atlanta's depth that we have seen to this point. We've they've yeah. been talking about this stuff, talking about it, talking about it, mm-hmm. saying we feel like we have good depth. This game against Tampa Bay, that depth will
1: be tested. And Jarvis, I wanna come to you on that one because we kind of alluded to it yesterday and I wanna follow up because Tori mentioned it, wanna go back to it and, and Free, I want you to kind of chime in as well. We talked about where would the area of most concern be if there is an issue with uh, some someone being uh, unable to go on Sunday, and we talked about that linebacker core and how there was probably that's the biggest concern where maybe they're the thinnest or maybe you you know you you're not as confident if you hear especially like you think about and and, and I'm going to throw Nate Landman out there only because he's been kind of one of our favorites of being like a bright spot that we never knew we needed or never knew we we're going to get and it's. And so that's one of them, But you know, Jarvis, going back to what we talked about yesterday, and even looking back, uh, what are we talking, like week seven, yeah, it's a sixteen thirteen win, and I think the Bucks are more than still beatable again. But who's that guy who or guys who, if they don't go, you're most concerned about taking on this Bucks team Sunday?
0: It would, it would have to be with that linebacker core because I think that the way Caden Ellis and Lamont have been playing together, I really feel like that yeah, is, nah. those guys have been really solid together. And I know people will probably say, OK, AJ Terrell is a number one corner. He's CB1. All right. I get it. But like you have some guy. And then. Now, if you're telling me a might be out too. That's when I get concerned because yeah. you know, Aaron, you know where I'm going with this one. You know, if we talk about Mike Hughes and Clark Phillips lining up on the outside. Like, I, I don't know, but just based off of what we know now, hey, if Nate Lambin misses, uh, that would be my biggest concern as as of right now because I feel like Clark Phillips did a a, a really really solid job. It's in the run game too, being able to defend the run and coming up, like, cause you know. I, anytime you look at a guy like Clark Phillips, the guys not the biggest guy in the world. He might be 165, one sixty five, one let say one sixty five. I'm being disrespectful. Sorry, <laughs> by one seventy five, one eighty. You know, <laughs> dripping wet and probably about five eight five nine. Like those guys aren't the guys that you see come flying up trying to get in there and make a tackle. So, um, I, I think that corner, that secondary will be will be should be fine, um, uh, given the circumstances. But if if we talking about Nate Lamont you know, missing, missing this game against a divisional opponent. And that I, I just feel like that doesn't, that's not a recipe for success in my eyes.
1: Yeah. And I think free, the only thing I I'm thinking of is I probably have the, the concern, the same with probably the linebackers and maybe a little bit um, for the O line, like Caleb McGarry. Although, although I thought that as the game wore on, the Falcons ended up being, I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to use that term loosely. But when I look at the numbers in, yeah, you know, Tampa Bay got the win, but let's remember it was against Carolina yesterday. So there's that. But I still feel like there I still feel like for the most part the Falcons will be fine. But again, like Jarvis said, just as long as in a particular room, in a particular position group, we're not talking about, you know, more than one starter away from that group for next week.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think you could probably pick any of these guys that you would be a little concerned about, specifically with this Bucks matchup because you know, we've struggled to cover Mike Evans, even really when AJ Terrell was healthy. And, you know, now it's you're potentially putting Clark Phillips on, you know, the, uh, that's like, it feels like nine inches of, of, of height difference A uh, between nine. those two guys. So that, that could create some problems.
1: It's based um, Drake London, though. <laughs> <laughs> but Dr- yes. he's he's Drake have, have had some battles. No, and so but that's good that you mentioned that because we talked about that yesterday. Like he yeah. and he held his own, but I mean it's still good point taken though, Free. Keep going.
2: <laughs> yeah. And you know, then you look at Caleb McGarry, he's had some tough outings against like uh Shaq Barrett and, and those guys, and so like you know, is that gonna be a bigger challenge for Storm Norton? And you know, you, you see what Kate Otten did the last time. And we've seen the Falcons kind of struggle to cover tight ends the last couple of weeks. And, you know, now if you're taking a step back at that linebacker position, does that problem become an even bigger issue uh, at this point? So I think all, all of those injuries could be impactful in this matchup. And I think Tori's right. Like the Falcons have been pretty fortunate for the most part of avoiding the injury bug this year, you know, outside of a handful of of guys that have missed time, including Mm -hmm. Grady Jarrett. Um, And, and so, you know they haven't really had to deal with their depth being tested to a huge huge degree outside of a, a couple of select spots so i think having those issues this week will certainly test them but you know we'll we'll see how they fare uh, against this bucks team
1: Indeed, indeed. When we come back, we're going to go around the Metro and we're going to talk about an amazing celebration of an amazing life that happened yesterday and also look ahead to that Falcons-Bucks game. But before we do that, Jarvis is here to tell us about game time and subtext.
0: Listen up, folks. Jarvis Davis here for game time. Also, guys, I'm telling you, have you ever been in a situation where you're trying to find some tickets? Well, game time has got you covered. Locked on NFL is the code you need to use for $20 off. Locked on NFL is a code you need to lose for, use for, not lose, use for $20 off. And because game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all events, sports, music, comedy, and theater right near you. They have killer last minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets because I know you get stressed out. I know you... We're struggling trying to find tickets for the SEC championship. I hope your team won. Um, But, but their game time has got all that stuff figured out. And plus, it has, it has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last-minute seats. Find exclusive fast deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And with zone deals, you pick the section and game time, pick the seats. For an average of 18% savings. So go ahead and use that code Locked on NFL and go to game, game Time to check them out and make sure that you know that Game Time is the place to find those last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Listen up, guys. Jarvis Davis here for Locked on Sports Atlanta. I need you to go to joinsubtext.com slash locked on sports Atlanta. Joinsubtext.com slash locked on sports Atlanta. And that is the place you need to go to if you want to become a Locked On Sports Atlanta insider um, where you get text updates during the games. You also get breaking news. And plus, you are getting all-22 review. You get my breakdowns on Mondays and Tuesdays or whatever day you actually check your phone because it's going to sit directly there. Here's the deal. All you got to do is go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Sports Atlanta, and you're going, to be a, you're going to be offered a two-week trial. And if you like it, you can stick around and pay the 4 um, the four ninety nine, for a monthly fee to become a Locked On Sports Atlanta insider. So make sure you go there, Locked On Sports Atlanta, and join subtext.com slash Locked On Sports Atlanta and become a Locked On Sports Atlanta insider today.
1: So Robert Sala and several Jets staff members, along with some Falcons staff members, honored the late Greg Knapp by running the steps inside the stadium before Sunday's game. Knapp, of course, unfortunately passed away on July 22nd of 2021 when he was hit by a car while riding a bike near his home in California. They call it the Knapp Stair Climb, and it's been done in support of the Coach Knapp Memorial Fund to raise funds for distracted driving awareness. Guys, if you've ever come across or had ever come across Greg Knapp, you'd know what kind of a really gentle and wonderful human being he was. So just to kind of see it on TV or if you were there to see it in person, I'm sure it was powerful as well. But just, you know, Tori, I'm thinking about like, and and this kind of takes me back to my former days, which I used to be a cyclist, not anymore, but whenever I see this, I always, you know, makes me smile because I knew he was an avid cyclist as well. How cool was it just to see and great was it to see that one of the kindest guys, I know I've ever come across and ever had a chance to interact with was honored that way.
3: I think it's fantastic. And, you know, I never had the opportunity to uh, meet Greg Knapp in person uh, because I didn't start covering the team until pandemic 2020. Um, But just having seen the impact that he had on the Atlanta Falcons organization, but also people who are still in Atlanta Falcons organization I think of someone like Sarah Hogan who's been there for years I know y'all know Sarah and Mm -hmm. you know how much she put into this cause and I know that they really like with the whole my cause my cleats which that game was this Mm -hmm. Sunday they had like there were so many of them that were wearing shoes instead of cleats for for Greg Knapp's uh, memorial foundation and so it, it's just great. You 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 really appreciate people coming together like that.
1: Yeah, I, I really. For me, seeing it was was a beautiful thing. I don't know, Jarvis. I know. Um, I think you've had an opportunity to interact with Greg as well. Yeah,
0: for like sure. And, um, he's one of the you know how. Every time during the spring time, you get a chance to talk to assistants, which is really cool because those are the the football, the real football nerds. Nothing against Arthur Smith, but those guys (laughs) are like really dialed in when it comes to anything football related. And one thing that, you know, you just know, like he was just a, a student of the game. He just understood ball like. Because I asked him maybe one or two questions and we had like a seven minute conversation. So we, we anytime you get guys to, uh, to start talking like that and you just you just tell like you just feel people. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like to feel like I got a good um feel for people and just you just feel being around him that he just is just an all around good person. And my interactions with him were, were very cool and just real soft and pleasant and mm-hmm. just being around him and just to see that on sunday how they honor him and everything like that because it was a truly sad situation like yeah. you really felt it when when they when they announced yeah. that that um uh, that an unfortunate incident had happened so but now just to continue just to have his legacy continue to live on and, and honor him in that way and something that he was very passionate about in cycling mm-hmm. i just i really feel like that is just a cool 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 thing to see and mm-hmm. uh you know uh, just condolences to the family and everything like that, because like I said, nap, Napper, as Matt Ryan mm-hmm. likes to officially refer to him as, it's just really cool. Just He just makes you
1: smile, just makes you smile. Definitely, and also kudos to the Jets and Falcons organizations. This is one of the things that we don't talk about a lot on the show, but the Falcons have always been very, very respectful and very, very thoughtful about how they honor people, but also in their connectivity to the community. So I appreciated it, even from a distance, being able to, to witness that. Show of support and and affection and respect. Now, switching gears of someone and a team that we don't give a flying flip about respecting, that would be the (laughs) Bucs. So, Aaron Freeman, tell me how. (laughs) I know, thank you. I I try. (laughs) But, you know, try to keep it a little bit light going out, especially for a team that we could care less to do anything but stomp on their necks. When they get here Sunday, how in the world do the Falcons trounce and trample all over? the Bucks so that they can continue to keep space in the NFC cell.
2: Well, I think it gets back to something Tori mentioned with, you know, what she thought was going to be this Jets game, so kind of run the football. Like the last time the Falcons played the Bucks, they weren't like super efficient running the ball, but they were just very committed to running the football. I think they ran the ball like 40 times uh, in that week six game, I think it was, Um and they just, you know, and you didn't have Bijan play in that game. And so now you're like, okay, well, we, we got a taste of the two-headed monster. But now, you know, let's give this Bucks team a taste of the three-headed monster this week.
1: Yeah. I, and I was thinking the same thing. Like, that was so much fun just to kind of see not one not two but all three of those guys Bijan robinson uh tyler Aldier, and cordero patterson go off so yeah it'll be good to see if we can get a repeat put that on repeat at the bins later this weekend again thank you guys so much for hanging out with us as always and thank you for not just our shenanigans but also letting us honor uh someone whom we love and respect in greg knapp don't forget guys Whenever you want to get that good football talk, it's right here. Why? Because this is the best Falcons football talk anywhere around. So thanks again for stopping by the Atlanta Football Party. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And of course, party doesn't stop here. Tomorrow we'll be right back talking dogs on the Atlanta Football Party. See you then.